pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful gathered here out of love for you. And may my words and our hearts together glorify you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The 19th century poet and playwright, Robert Browning, once said, I show you doubt to prove that faith exists. And this is the Sunday where we get to confront our doubts in order that our faith may exist. You know, this story almost uh, takes on a, a movie narrative. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, you know, like when we last saw the disciples, they were running for their lives. When we last saw Peter, he had betrayed Jesus and denied him. And now we see the disciples locked behind closed doors. It's high drama. And the disciples are locked behind closed doors in spite of the fact, in spite of the fact that Mary Magdalene, having run to them and say, said that the tomb is empty, and then they all ran back and Mary lingered and met the risen Christ in the garden. And in spite of the fact that the disciples had run to see for themselves that the tomb was empty and found it so, and then came back to where they were. They're still locked behind closed doors. They're desperately afraid. They're desperately afraid of the temple authorities, the Roman government authorities, which means that they're desperately afraid of being arrested. They're desperately afraid of being imprisoned for following Jesus. They're desperately afraid of being flogged, and they're desperately afraid of dying. And so there they are, hunkered down behind closed doors. What's interesting to me is that if you read carefully this scripture this morning, and look at it carefully, um, and, and this just came to me, uh, this is the first time I've become aware of this, which is what I love about Scripture is you can read it and read it and read it, and then all of a sudden you see something new that you haven't seen before. You know, what's happened is the risen Christ comes and meets them in the upper room where they are behind the locked doors. The risen Christ comes in and says to them, Peace be with you. And then the risen Christ says it again, Peace be with you as... God, who is my Abba, has sent me, so I send you. I mean, this risen, living Christ is there in their midst, a palpable presence, perhaps a different kind of body, but still a presence. And still they're locked behind closed doors. Still they're there. Because when Christ comes to them again. So it would seem that Robert Browning was right. Doubt is part and parcel of faith. And if we're afraid right now, if we're feeling lost and alone, if we are questioning everything that is happening in our world, if we're even having doubts about the resurrection, we're in very good company. 
our situation is much the same. We are, in a metaphorical way, behind locked doors. Fear and anxiety seem to be the rule of the day. And even though just last week we celebrated with great joy the resurrection of Jesus our Christ, we still have our doubts. And the world looks pretty much like it did last week. Even though there's a sense that there's a flattening of the curve, so to speak, still hundreds of thousands of people are getting sick. And hundreds in our own country are dying. And that does not even take into account the hundreds of thousands of people across the globe in countries especially that don't have the kind of health care and support that we and other developed countries have. And even though we celebrated Easter last week, we're still afraid. There's still people without jobs. There are people lining up in what looks like a, a stalled um, work day, rush hour. People aren't going to work, but they're lining up for food. And now fears are spilling out into the streets as some people are demanding that our government reopen businesses and relax the physical distancing guidelines that are being directed by medical experts. And what I'm wondering is what we're most afraid of, losing jobs and losing food and, and resources or dying. Maybe it's all of it. But I want to tell you, even for the disciples on that first Easter, there was good news. You see, the best news that happens is that the risen Christ, the embodiment of God, the embodiment of what is holy of spirit, comes and stands in their midst. That God, that Jesus, that spirit does not hold against them their fears their anxieties, their humanity, their desertions, their denials, their betrayals. No, this living, risen Christ does not hold their fears against them. The living, risen Christ breathes on them. Now that may sound a little odd to us, especially now when we have to wear masks. But this living, risen Christ breathes on them. And you know what that's all about? You know what that's all about? That is about the very beginning of creation, when God formed humanity in God's own image and breathed life into them. Do you see that Jesus understands this living, risen embodiment God, this living, risen Christ understands that their fear has made them like the soldiers at the empty tomb, as if they are dead people. And so Jesus, the risen Christ, breathes life into them and again says, peace be with you, my peace I give to you. And 
and then goes on and says, as God has sent me, so I send you. And then gives instructions about them and says, if you forgive others, those, for, that forgiveness will release them. And if you hold on to the sins and do not forgive, you will hold on to that. It will be a weight around your neck. It will hold you back from being all that you need to be. This is what this moment is about. Jesus, the risen Christ, breathing new life into people, resurrecting them, which is far different than resuscitating them, resurrecting them, which means transforming them and giving them new life. And then there's Thomas, uh, who actually got a bad rap, only because Jesus, the risen Christ, says to Thomas, don't doubt, but believe. And so we've all gotten on the bandwagon and called Thomas the Doubting Thomas. But you know, I love him. I love him because he's a little skeptical. And, and no more than the disciples could experience the risen Christ because Mary just came and told them about it. They had to experience it themselves. Thomas couldn't experience the living risen Christ until he had experienced himself. And that really is what our role is, isn't it? That we carry what we experience to others so that then they can experience itself. When Mary comes from the tomb and says, I have seen the Lord, that is the witness. That is the apostles' witness. That is our witness. And the goal is not to impose our experience on other people, but instead to be so caught with this new life, this resurrected life, that we can't help but exude a new life, a new experience to others. So much so that they will go and discover for themselves what this Jesus, this risen Christ, this living God, this comforting spirit is all about. This is the story of today, and this is our story, too. You know, even though Thomas then proclaims, my Lord and my God, the risen Christ won't leave Thomas there. You see, because according to the gospel, according to John, throughout this whole gospel, Jesus has been telling people, move beyond the physicality of this. Engage the mystery of God. You know, Nicodemus says, you know, can somebody be born again after they've been born once? And Jesus says, think beyond this physicality. Turn your vision to heaven and mystery and an eternal God. And the woman at the well says, I want some of that water that you talk of. And Jesus says, move beyond this physical nature. While the nature of our physicality is wonderful and blessed by God, we are to enter into a moment of faith that will take us into the mystery of God. Or, as the great theologian C.S. Lewis says, said years and years ago, we don't have a soul. We are a soul. We happen to have a body. 
And so Jesus meets Thomas where he is, meets Thomas in the physicality, allowing Thomas to touch so that he might believe, but then says, you believe because you have seen? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet they believe. That's you and me, my friends. We get to believe even though we have not seen. We get to believe on the witness of those who have come to us and said, Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed. We get to move beyond just the seeing and the touching. We get to move into the hearing of the mystery of God. Our good news is that we live in this time and space where we get to encounter God and move from our physical understanding of this glorious world into a mystery of understanding of new life. We who must remain behind closed doors, who must be physically distant from each other, must not rely on touch anymore, but on a new way of being present to each other in the world. And what we can count on is that the living risen Christ will meet us, even over the internet, will be present even when we are apart, will dwell with us and extend a hand to us and extend peace to us and resurrection to us and breathe new life into us, even though we are apart. And we are then called to share that resurrected faith with others. Now, I want to tell you I'm in such frustration right now. As I know, you must be. I'm watching on TV, and I, I know that there's so much misinformation out there, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or Instagram. There's so much misinformation about what is happening in our world right now. And we are called upon to listen carefully, to educate ourselves, to understand where the gospel is and the information we are, being, we are receiving. I'm so frustrated because there are so many people who've set aside the common good in our country, but also for those around the world. But instead of working together to solve the problems, we are continuing to doubt and fear others. And now coming into a phase where we don't care for the welfare of our own citizens. And you know what? Somebody has got to say something. People of goodwill people who seek the common good, people who know the resurrection story, people like you and me, we have got to proclaim that we are called to love expansively, to love sacrificially, to follow in a way that is reasonable, to understand where the truth lies, and to hear the gospel message, and to speak the gospel message to the world. We live, we die, we are resurrected. This is the truth of our faith, and we have got to stand and be counted and be heard and proclaim the witness of the gospel. Now, today, tonight, tomorrow, and the next day, and the day after that. We cannot let the voices of those who hate rule the day. Because that is not the gospel. The gospel is one of love and compassion and hope. 
So my friends, we are called to rise, to rise up. And just as, as our first lesson said this morning, Jesus Christ rose and so will we. And now is the time to rise up, to rise up and be counted because as Jesus rose from the dead, so will we. Rise up, my friends. Let us rise up and let our voices be heard as the witness of the gospel. Thanks be to God. Amen.